0: This is the Bartender Journey Podcast.
1: Hey, my name is Brian Vincent Weber, and this is the Bartender Journey Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This week on the show, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my experience at Bar Smarts Advanced, which is a... A full-day class. I took it in Manhattan, and uh, but it, they travel around the the country. And uh, you can go there and you take a class, and uh, then you have a practical exam and a written exam. So I'll tell you a little bit more about that. I want to tell you about uh, what I'm uh, enjoying at the moment. It's uh, from my new sponsor, Flavor. And if you go to my website, bartenderjourney.net, you'll find a link to it and you can help support the show. What they do is they uh, they sell some really unusual uh, spirits and, from all over the world. And you can also get these tasting packs, which are really cool. Uh, you get a set of five whiskeys uh, from all around the world. And uh, the idea is to get together with some friends and taste some whiskeys and uh, talk about it, which is really fun. I've been having a hard time wanted to do that for the show, but I've been a hard, having a hard time uh, getting friends who want to come over on a Monday or Tuesday, which are my only days off now these days, uh, to uh, come over and drink whiskey in the afternoon with me, <laughs> but hey, what are you going to do? Uh, I'll have to improvise and do it myself. Hopefully, I can set that up soon in the future, though. So, what I'm tasting today from Flavar, they is a uh, whiskey from France, believe it or not, and I'm going to do a really bad job trying to pronounce the name here. Ooh, silver, silver, Pour bleu Noir Whiskey. <laughs> I'll put a link to that too. So uh, uh, I, my, many apologies for that terrible pronunciation. But it is a really interesting... I haven't tasted it yet, but it smells great. And uh, it's made in France. Apparently the story of this whiskey goes back all the way to 1921 when a family decided to distill cider and uh, it became a family tradition. The uh, This whiskey is actually made with out of buckwheat, and it's aged in used cognac barrels. It's really cool. Uh, I smell uh, orange rind right away. Uh, It smells great. And uh, this is a bottle... You know, like I said, you get samples of different bottles here uh they're little um, you know about two ounce or so s- samples but um if you wanted to go out and buy a full bottle of this whiskey, it would be somewhere around eighty dollars uh, if you could find it online somewhere but uh you know here I am tasting this uh, eighty dollar bottle of whiskey today, so cheers yeah, I still get the I still get oranges on there a little bit, but uh you can taste the grain buckwheat I suppose, and uh, a little peppery and lemon. Great stuff. Uh, Really interesting whiskey. I'm so glad I got to taste this today. So check it out. Uh, Go to my website, bartenderjourney.net, and you can click on the link there and uh, order some yourself and help support the show at the same time. So tasting this whiskey here um, relates to what I was talking about, taking the Bar Smarts Advanced course. And uh, so a little background on this: you can you can take the Bar Smarts online course on the internet, of course, which is actually a prerequisite for taking the the, uh, the live event. So uh, there's a lot of history in there, and they talk everything about um, the bar business and and hospitality and all kinds of things. Uh, so you get after you've ta- after you've passed that, there's quizzes too uh, online, and uh, once you've passed that, you can sign. Line up for the Bar Smarts advance which is a full day event. starts at eight thirty in the morning with a uh, breakfast, catered breakfast, and um, there's people there like Dale deGroff and David Wondridge and Steve Olson and. Uh some really heavy hitters in the bar business and the bartending world. So uh, there's a lecture and a tasting and a blind tasting. So there's, you have five uh, spirits in front of you, and they don't tell you what even what category they belong to. So uh, And there's a great class on how to taste things and how to categorize, categorize what you're tasting. Some of the notes I took about tasting, uh, they said, have a catalog of tastes. Uh, that your flavors can fit into, so you know um, whether it's uh, citrus and uh, uh, pepper and different things, and and you you have these uh, just a catalog to pull from, and uh, sometimes it'll fit somewhere in between there, and then they um, it's a, it's a great thing, you know. I, I I'm always so impressed with people that can say uh, you know they pick out these random flavors smells smells like you know uh, mango fruit or this or that and you know and then. After they say it, I don't know, power suggestion or whatever, but uh, I'm always like, yeah, I get that, but I wish I had thought of it myself a few minutes ago. So uh, I'm really um, trying to develop this sense of being able to pick out these flavors and and describe them and kind of categorize them. They said to take a, um, to close your eyes and imagine your favorite food and just think about it real quick with your eyes closed. It could be, you know, your mother's meatloaf or whatever. And uh, you have no problem conjuring up sort of the, the flavors and tastes and the sensation of eating that, right? You might even start make your mouth start salivating just thinking about it. So the idea is to get to that same point with um, tasting spirits or wine or beer. So the first thing they offered us uh, turned out to be uh, a gin, <laughs> and it was a uh, beef eater, which they didn't tell us until we went through all five, you know tasting. and uh, so some of the, some of the flavors that came out with that were pepper and juniper and uh, citrus and you know, all the things you'd expect from a gin. but again, they didn't tell you what was what. So uh, you, you kind of expect to start with vodka, so they because that's sort of the most neutral, but they threw us a curve and started with the gin just to uh, keep us on our toes you know. And so then we went through and tasted uh, absolute and people were calling out things that they tasted uh, River stone <laughs> sort of mineral flavors that is uh, wheat of course it's made with wheat um, nuts and vanilla and then you know they're always like well what kind of nuts and what what you, you taste citrus which citrus fruit do you taste which part of the citrus do you taste do you, or do you smell is it the fruit itself or the or the uh, lemon oil lemon oils or even the pith which is that white part so uh, these are all things you got to think about Um even texture they talked about, oily texture it had, and uh, the, the, af- the um, finish or the aftertaste. Next, we tasted an, an agave. People smelled pineapple and dried apple and cloves and vanilla and salt. It was musty and briny. and uh, So I won't bore you with all of this stuff. But um, we went on to taste the Glenlivet 12-year-old scotch. And like I said, we didn't know what they were until afterwards. Uh, and then we tasted a red breast Irish whiskey. Um, so that was, that was really interesting and, and cool to make, uh, to make all these notes. Oh, there was one more. <laughs> there was a, uh, we tasted the uh, Martel Cordon Bleu XO Cognac, which was awesome, so delicious. And uh, this whiskey that I'm drinking here from France, aged in cognac barrels, kind of brings me back to that because I kind of taste uh, that same sensation of oranges. Wow, that's a good whiskey. Uh, then Dave Wonderidge came up and uh, went through a bunch of history of um, of the drinking, of, of uh, the bar culture in America. And i uh, <laughs> talking about uh, one of the first uh, bars that was opened outside of New York City, which meant... Uh, basically where midtown manhattan is right now that was that was like the wild west or the uh pretty um unexplored country back then it's funny to think that uh that was uh midtown was outside new york city but uh there was a famous bar there um opened by cato alexander Who was a uh, post-revolutionary dude, and uh, oh, something interesting he said uh, when uh, years ago, or even to this day, when when you see American bar, that means ice. (laughs) So many places didn't have ice, and uh, ice is really what kind of transformed the American bar scene to to the modern, you know, to what we expect today. In the early 1900s, there were uh, some recipe books, but no real uh, books about how to run a bar. Uh, then along came a guy named Harry Johnson, and he wrote a book, How to Run a Bar, which was published in the early 1900s, so uh, I'd really like to get a reprint of that. That sounds pretty cool. Dale DeGroff talked a lot about reading your guests and uh, the, hosp- the hospitality side of things, and um, he talked about, uh, is the drink going down very slowly? Check their body language and facial expressions. Maybe they don't like that drink. Offer to get them something else. Um, talked about the cocktail menu. Has to reflect the food and the decor and the clientele. Uh, great idea, which I hadn't thought of. Uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious once you start talking about it, but to have a house cocktail. So if you, if you rotate your cocktail menu uh, through the seasons, have one house cocktail that, that remains on the list. All year. And that's kind of your signature drink. And uh, I think that's a great idea. And I will definitely implement that in the future. David Wendridge made us a punch. You know, he just published a book uh, all about punch. Uh, And uh, he made us a very nice punch with, uh, it was made with, uh, I think, Jameson, 12 year old. And uh, Madeira, and uh, it, oh, it was really good, delicious. Nutmeg on top, fresh nutmeg, pretty cool. So anyway, after the seminar, uh, the the groups were split up, and now there's a practical exam uh, and a written exam. So my practical exam, exa- they bring you to a room. Uh, there's ten tables set up uh, as as bars. I was lucky enough to be one of the first ones called uh, in the first group, and uh, they tell you you go to that table, you go to that table, you. Go that table, and uh, so my judge was David Woodridge, which was pretty cool, although it was a little uh, nerve-wracking. But luckily, I had met him before, so uh, that kind of took the edge off a little bit. But uh, I, I, I wasn't perfect. I had to make uh, a martini, a old-fashioned, and a sidecar. I had never made a sidecar before, and apparently, I still have never made a sidecar because I screwed it up. It's supposed to be cognac. Cointreau and lemon juice. I, for whatever reason, I was thinking Cointreau is orange. It's supposed to be orange juice, so I messed up. But uh, he was he was very nice. And uh, before <laughs> they, they made an announcement in the room to everyone before you started, that you have eight minutes, and if you have um, started your last drink, your third drink, at the eight-minute mark, you're allowed to finish it. And I'm thinking, this is a test. They're trying to weed out the uh, pros from the non-pros here because there were quite a lot of people that were hobbyists or um, not working bartenders, you know. So uh, I'm thinking, I'm not going to make them one at a time. I'm going to make all three at once, you know. So I set out my glasses like I do. Um, I always set them out in the order that someone uh, ordered them or presented to me from my left to right. I'll set out the glasses, uh, in that order just to remind me what I'm making. So, uh, he ordered a martini an old fashioned and a sidecar. So I put out a martini glass to start chilling. Uh, I put out an old fashioned glass and then another, uh, martini glass for the sidecar. Cause that's how it's supposed to be made. Oh, by the way, you're also supposed to put a sugar rim on the sidecar. I forgot that too. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, I start mixing up one and, you know, like you do when you're making three drinks at once, you kind of add a little of this, a little of that, and then try to present them all at once. Um, so it worked out well. They, the, uh, the main person in the middle of the room announced two more or three more minutes, and uh, he was already sampling the second cocktail by then, so it worked out pretty well. So in the end, he offered me, you know, a little um, advice on the sidecar and uh, the uh, Manhattan... I'm sorry, the old-fashioned. It was funny, I just... um, I made the old-fashioned. It was a really large old-fashioned glass, you know, and uh, I finished it, and then I'm like, it looks... Short, you know, it looks cheap. Like, I couldn't serve this to somebody at a bar, so I splashed in a little more club, a little more uh, sparkling water on top, which uh, (laughs) he didn't like that, you know, because that's sort of the. the uh, '80s version of the old-fashioned, putting uh, muddling it with fruit and putting more club soda on top. The the classic recipe that they always uh, use at the at, for bar smarts and uh, for most uh, high-end cocktail bars would just be uh, muddle um, a sugar cube with some Angostura bitters and a little club soda there. Muddle that, add your uh, rye, and that's the end of it. Uh, maybe garnish with an orange. Yeah, he commented that. Uh, He said, you know, these days we don't really put Club Soda on top anymore, and because uh, that's the classic recipe. And I was like, he he said the same thing that I just said. He was like, maybe he kind of felt like the drink was a little short, and you wanted to. I was like, yeah, that you're right. That that is what happened. You know, I was like, I couldn't serve that to somebody in a bar. But he was very cool, and and uh, hopefully I passed. I won't find out for a couple of weeks, but uh, I think I did. So uh, and then I went up to the written test, which included a uh, blind tasting. And that in that case, you had three glasses in front of you, which uh, you had to identify, uh, and whether it was whatever it was gin and I think we had gin, cognac and scotch Uh, that was you had to identify those there was about a hundred questions I think some of it um, history from the Bar Smarts online class you know Hey, rather than listen to me talk the whole time, I thought I'd play a little snippet of something I recorded while at Tales of the Cocktail. Uh, it w- there was a room full of the uh, United States Bartender Guild, uh, m- uh, chapters from all over the country, and they each were making some cocktails. So uh, I'll play you a little snippet of what I recorded down there. It was kind of fun. And, uh, hey, first I wanted to tell you about something that I've been using. It's Dollar Shave Club. And uh, believe it or not, they'll send you five blades for a dollar every m- every month. You sign up and they, they, um, they bill you automatically and send you five blades. I mean, uh, five blades in the, in the, supermar- in the uh, supermarket or the drugstore, like $18 or something ridiculous like that. So uh, I wanted to tell you about that. I think it's pretty cool, and I uh, share that with you if you go to my website, bartenderjourney.net. You can click on a link there and help support the show a little bit. Uh, that would be great, and it's a, it's a great deal for you, and uh, it puts a few cents towards the uh, the production of this Podcast, which i hope you find helpful and useful all right hey here's that uh clip from tales of cocktail all right so uh tell us your name and what who
2: you're representing here uh my name is ricardo guzman menegas i am representing the usbg houston chapter all right all right uh, what are you uh mixing up for us today so for Texas Tiki Week, uh, we have three different cocktails at this station specifically. One is gonna be uh, V. It's gonna be the base spirit, so that relatively new Akai Berry Liqueur is gonna have a cinnamon uh, cinnamon infused syrup, pineapple, and lemon. The other one is gonna have Sotol, which is one of the many liqueurs that the agave variety of uh, can give you. So it's got Lemon Heart 151, Sotol, uh, Dry Curacao, or Jot, and uh, and uh, banana liqueur. Now the third one is a trash can punch with my friend here, Raúl Riojas, Could probably explain better. Uh, we got
0: a, a different variation. It's called Strawberry Fields or whatever. It has a Diplomatico añejo rum. It has lime juice. It has a main diffuse simple syrup. It has bosca stamps and it's topped off of Peshaw bitters. And it's, a, it's very straightforward, very straightforward. It's a, it kind of comes in a trash can right now, as so you can not see, but you can hear. But yeah, it's, it's really fun. It's really, it's this whole thing has been great right now. So I really like what I'm doing right now. So
1: <laughs> cool. I'll take a taste. So there you go, just one of the many, many fun events down at Tales of the Cocktail. Hey, if you're ever down there, I'm, I'm going for sure. I'm going every year. I love it. so much fun, and you learn so much, and you just meet the coolest people. So uh, if you're going to be down in New Orleans next year, let me know, and we'll meet up and have a cocktail. Also, if you'd like to come on the show and talk about uh, bartending or talk about uh, maybe you have a product that you're uh, producing or uh, Craft Spirit or whatever it is, I'm always looking for guests. Uh, I am I have been working very hard, long hours at my new job as a food and beverage director, so uh, it's I haven't set up sort of like a pipeline of, of guests and shows, so, uh, you know. I'm kind of winging it these days when I have time. When I have some time, so uh, but get get in touch and uh, maybe we can talk usually over Skype or or over the phone and um, talk about whatever. I'm going to play you one more clip from that same event down at Tales of Cocktail. Uh, but before I do, uh, hey, like I said, get in touch for any reason at vince.bartender at gmail.com. That's my email. Find our website at bartenderjourney.net, and you can find some of the uh, things I was talking about today on the, on there. There'll be links. And um, Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Just search for Bartender Journey. And on Twitter, I'm at Tips. All right, here's that last bit, and uh, I'll say goodbye for this week, and I'll talk to you soon. Cheers. All right, we got the master tiki's here, it looks like. You've got, uh, got a lot going on. What's the, Who are you guys representing here? Austin, Texas,
2: uh, representing with a cocktail from Mr. David Allen here. Uh, we've got a little St. Germain, some Dulce Vita tequila, uh, lime juice, pineapple juice, and some mega stirrup bitters. Uh, in true Texas uh, tiki form, we meld the tequila with the uh, tiki. Tiki, a big thing in Texas? It is slowly catching on. Uh, we have had uh, Texas Tiki Week's been going on how long? This is year three. Year three and exponentially growing. Every single year, more and more bars are jumping into the movement, and when it happens, it's uh, uh, we unleash it on the masses, and they really enjoy it. I ran it at my bar uh, thinking we would hit a moderate to slow night, and we were inundated. Uh, we were heading the well for... Six hours straight. <laughs> were juicing pineapples for four hours. It was uh, it was fantastic. All right, tell us a little bit about the Bartenders Guild. This would be the man to ask right here. Actually, he could uh, he could really fill you in on that, Mr. Uh, David Allen. Hiya. How's it going? Good. What's
0: your name? I'm David Allen. I'm the past president of USBG Austin. Uh, we were the first chapter in texas we started up in 2008 Uh, we're now three chapters rich in texas austin dallas houston and actually san antonio is uh, forming their chapter right now so we're about to be i think the first state with four chapters can you tell us a little bit about the bartenders guild the bartenders guild is a professional organization that focuses on educating bartenders on technique and uh, product development things like that so it's sort of a Uh, trade organization for professional bartenders and uh, other professionals in the industry and then also uh, enthusiasts get involved with the Guild as well. Oh, is that right? There's forty-something chapters all around the country.
1: Yeah. Is there any uh, like benefits as far you know? You look at the health benefits, that kind of thing. Well,
0: you know, USBG does offer in, uh, a health insurance program. Uh, for a hundred dollars a year, you join the United States Bartenders Guild, and I would and I would say it's uh, it, you know it costs a hundred dollars, but the but the benefits are priceless. Uh, depending on how well your chapter is organized, I mean we do dozens of events a year. We bring in some of the best talent from all over the country, distillers. We bring in uh, bartenders public speakers we do everything from you know tasting events to social events to wellness exercises so our, our chapter is very active in the community and we do fundraisers throughout the year we help drive the bus on texas tiki week uh, which is a statewide affair and last year austin actually hosted the national conference so so delegates from all, all over the country came to austin uh, to uh, to have our national conference cool cool
1: well, let me uh, taste what you mixed up here great thank you cheers Oh, that's good. Tell me again what's in this.
0: So that's the Florida Pina. Dulce Vita is our tequila sponsor. It's paired with St. Germain, fresh lime, pineapple, and Angostura bitters.
1: Great, great. Thanks so much for talking.